If you blink now, forever hold your dying wish When you set your goal, don't give up on it Remind yourself every morning, noon and night I was born for this, and it's worth the fight Welcome back to another amazing episode, guys Mental health is so important to me If you're really learning to look and learn about mental health This episode is for you Go get that full body workout book by Kate Ethman. She's an amazing author, originally from the Cincinnati, Ohio area of the United States. She also had a successful 17-year swimming career as well, but I will not ruin the rest of this episode. You're going to have to wait. Keep going past this intro. Strap yourself into that seat. Welcome back to that show where everyone is a welcome. We are here to end the stigma around anything anyone is afraid to talk about. With no further ado, welcome Kate Ekman to the show, guys. Noon and night, I was born for this, and it's worth the fight. Life has so much color. When you see it, you won't believe it. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I am your host, Chris Swick. And on this show, I provide a platform for everyone to share their stories. I believe everyone's story is valuable at the end of the day. Does not matter what walk of life you come from. Let's end the stigma around anything anyone's afraid to talk about in this world. And, you know, make people more comfortable sharing and being vulnerable. But today, I have an amazing guest all the way from New York City today is where she's residing today. But uh, we got Kate Ekman on the show today, guys. You want to take it away and let them know a little bit about yourself? Uh, Chris, thank you so much for having me. And I love what you just said there about ending and erasing the stigma around anything that people don't want to talk about or uncomfortable talking about. I feel like that's part of my mission and one of my greatest life assignments here. So, um, you know, I'm the author of the full spirit workout. That's my greatest pride and joy right now and getting people fit on the inside and building that strength and confidence, resilience, optimism that can weather any storm. And of course, we're only able to do that when we place our worth inside of ourselves and, and, and do the inner work rather than looking for our worth and value and all the shiny objects and all the external. So um, I'm also an executive leadership coach and I do speaking events and work with teams and individuals to really um, build stronger, more cohesive teams and, and really get people um, looking at themselves in a new light and giving them the practical tools and strategies to really be able to excel at what I call the game of life. I love that. So what drove you to write this book? Because it recently just came out. You know, I had a former guest on my show, Rory Mitchell, and um, Kate was a part of his show as well. And that's where I found her as a guest. I just loved her charisma around life. But what drove you to write that book that you just released? Yeah, so I had a 17-year competitive swimming career, and I knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at a high level. And as I went about my life, I was struggling. Like most people, I think we need to blow the lid off of that myth that if you look a certain way, you come from a certain part of town, you experience a certain level of success, 
that you have it all figured out. You don't struggle must be nice to be you. And it may be, but everyone struggles in some way, whether it's confidence, whether it's feeling good enough, whether it's experiencing meaning or fulfillment. And so I had a very forward facing career as a TV host and broadcaster and professional model and was someone who my whole life was the externals. And I was on the frantic hamster wheel sweating to death on the rat race that is New York City and and really trying to make it and all these competitive industries. And in the midst of that, I lost not one, but two dear friends to suicide. And it, it shook me to my core and it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I not only had to deal with the grief of losing these two beautiful souls way before their time and so suddenly and so tragically, but also what it brought up in me. And it really scared me. And a part of me thought, am I going to end up like them? I, I mean, they were cream of the crop. They had it all. They were so beloved by friends and family, successful, good looking, all of the things. And they chose to end their lives. And I really saw, especially Sam as, as just my male counterpart, you know, we were both the life of every party we're everyone's best friend. And so it, it was a lot to sort through. Um, and it was obviously painful. It's still painful. It, it stays with you forever and you create a new normal for yourself. But I knew that my life depended on answering these massive wake up calls and finding the keys for a better way of living and, and really doing the inner work. And I went back to school and got my master's degree at Columbia and learned all the whole person coaching techniques and studied neuroscience and positive psychology and dove so deep into so many spiritual practices and from all the greats and, and really, you know, spent a lot of time in meditation and a lot of time in what I call sit and stare, which you know, just sitting quietly in a room alone and blocking out all the noise and just getting really clear about what we really want, not what society says we should want, not what mom and dad want, not what the people next door are doing that you feel like you have to keep up with, but what you really want. And you don't discover what you really want and who you truly are in a world of chaos and uncertainty and distraction. You discover that when you sit quietly in a room alone, which I know makes a lot of people uncomfortable but that's exactly why you need to do it. And the results are so worth it. Yeah. And I like that you say that it makes people uncomfortable, but you have to get uncomfortable to get out of your own skin sort of thing. I, I talked to someone recently that had social anxiety and his dad, you know, talked to him and said, I had the same problem as you. I hated talking to people. I didn't know how to talk to people. So when his dad lived in Vegas, he says the way to get out of my, my, you know, getting comfortable talking to people, he dove right in and became a blackjack dealer. And, and he's, <laughs> and that got him to, well, talk that'll to do him. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> but, but yeah, you have to be uncomfortable in situations to progress in life. I, I find, you know, I, I've had to put myself out there and become comfortable to, in order, sorry, in order to become comfortable sharing about my addictions or my past and stuff like that. You know, I felt that it was empowering to help others and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's so life is so much more fulfilling when it isn't just about us and our goals. And, and that's what this book is to me. It's so much bigger than me. It, it is dedicated to these two men that I, you see it on, when you open the book, it's dedicated to Sam and Roth and really to everyone and anyone who struggles with mental health, which in my research and in and, and my, and my life experience is everyone. No one is immune to this. It's part of the human experience. So I think the 
the sooner that we can really own and embrace that and know that it's part of life, the sooner we can come up with solutions and come up with tools and, and use these strategies to to navigate the the turmoil and the turbulent times and and know that those 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 turbulent times contain beautiful gifts within them. And we, we get to grow and expand into the people who can actually achieve our goals. And we appreciate life and the people and our experiences and opportunities even more. I mean, even just sitting outside in New York City yesterday and just a city that was so shut down and so crippled more than probably any place in the world at one point from this virus and to see people smiling and hugging and out enjoying their life. I mean, just something as simple as seeing a friend and having a drink or having a meal, something we probably all took for granted. I mean, now it's like you've won the lottery. Oh my gosh. I hugged my friend. I I could look at her in person, not through a screen and share a meal and a laugh together. And this is when life gets really juicy is when we've been through something really uncomfortable and painful. And it's a perfect opportunity to decide, who you want to be and really stretch and expand and, and, and look at it as an opportunity rather than a woe is me. And, and we all need to stop enrolling ourselves and other people and the ain't it awful. Yeah, maybe awful, but let, let's not collect evidence and, and make things really awful. Let's still look at the beauty that still surrounds us and that is within us and, and collect evidence for why life is still so worth living and, and to be celebrated. So it, I like that you say that because it, it, life is worth living, you know, and you got to put yourselves and yourself in other people's shoes sometimes and see it from their point of view, because some people are struggling and it's okay to not be okay. I say it all the time, but I'll say it over and over again, you know, and if you are struggling, anyone out there listening, I'll say it again. It's okay to not be okay. And just reach out though. Know people are that you're not alone and know that you're, cared for and people love you and stuff like that. So one piece of advice you could give someone maybe having a struggle, especially you touched on suicide. So maybe like thinking those thoughts and stuff like that. What's one piece of advice you could give someone that's struggling today, Kate? I think it's so important to first acknowledge that you're struggling and release any shame associated with that. Try to release any blame and reach out for support, whether it's a professional, a, a doctor, a coach, a therapist, whether it's a friend, definitely someone who is going to hold space for you in a non-judgmental environment and really see you and hear you and acknowledge you. And, and start with seeing and hearing and acknowledging yourself and, and checking in with yourself like you would a small child and, and say, how are you? What do you need? What, what could help you in this moment right now? And even just acknowledgement and, and some praise for yourself, which sounds so uncomfortable and, and almost counterintuitive for most, but tell yourself, I'm so proud of you for navigating this hard time or, you know, great job having that difficult conversation or, wow, I see and feel that you're really struggling. Who can you reach out to for support? And if your brain is in a really dark place, like no one, no one cares, no one, that's just your ego mind shutting you down. So know that you're never alone. There is someone, there's even crisis hotlines. I would have those standby and handy to, I mean, there are professional organizations even dedicated to your well-being and, and to not be afraid to reach out. No, I appreciate that. That, that. I love that you say, you know, just listen or have someone that can listen to you in a non-judgmental way because this world is full of judgment. You know, I get it myself some days, like, with things I post, if you don't like it, you can move on. 
You don't have to, you know, keep you. Sometimes it's better to keep your opinions to yourself if, if they're not nice, you know, if it's negative, there's no point in sharing, you know, at the end of the day, you can only control you. You can't control what's going on in the world outside of you sort of thing. You can control your actions and reactions at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's what the full spirit workout is. It isn't about the grind and hustle and making it happen and fear and control. It really is about taking your hands off the wheel, stop gripping so tightly, leaning into surrender, building up that trust muscle and trusting that what is best for you is on its way. It might even already be here. Try to open your eyes and and take a look around and, and really being okay if this thing you want happens and okay if it doesn't, knowing that what is meant for you will eventually be yours and, and, and try not to block it with your fear and your jealousy and your anger. Those emotions block our blessings. And so the full spirit workout, we're getting fit on the inside. It is more about stillness and quiet and going within and, and listening, not to just the voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough. You don't add up. Yeah. Why is life worth living? No, I'm talking about that divine voice, that higher power. For me, it's God, the universe. If you don't believe in that, I'm sure you believe in nature and think of that divine intelligence that the grass just grows without effort. The tulips bloom, the sun, the moon, and the stars are not in competition. They all shine brightly. They're all doing their thing. They're working together cohesively. So I think the more that you can really get quiet and and listen to the intuition you will get the guidance that will say, hey, why don't you reach out to Chris and ask if you can collaborate with him on a project? Hey, maybe it's time to leave this job. It's it's bringing you down and you're not using your gifts or your strengths. Why don't you start reaching out to these other organizations or ask your friend Joe for a recommendation? I think it's time that you leave this relationship or, you know, but when you get practiced at listening to that divine wisdom, you start making better choices. And then that voice becomes your default setting rather than the voice of fear and freak out and overwhelm and chaos. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And, you know, once you start listening to not, not, not so much the negative, but the positive thoughts, because, you know, just feed yourself with positivity, love, and compassion, it goes a long ways because it'll show on the outside then as you're giving it back to others. Yeah. And I, I, I also don't want to just skip over any uncomfortable or negative feelings because that is part of being human, like I said. And so there is then that culture where it can turn into toxic positivity. So we're not dismissing any of our uncomfortable or less favorable feelings. We are embracing them, but y- you feel them. You let the emotion pass through you, ask it what it's here to teach you. This is about becoming uncomfortable or becoming comfortable with our uncomfortable feelings like grief or sadness or anger, learning from it. And, and I'll offer that if you're triggered, if you're experiencing some unpleasant feelings, it's probably because your values are being challenged. So once we get clear on our values, it's like, oh, wow this is really upsetting to me because I really value integrity and truth telling. And this person is out of integrity. They're lying to me. And so then you're, you're not upset with yourself for being angry. You've been, you feel, you feel emotionally violated. You're clear on that. And then you'd make the decision. Okay. I'm not going to do business with this person anymore. Or you know what? I don't feel that good around this person. They say they love me. They say they're my friend, but they're not showing up in a loving supportive way. So I'm going to make the decision to, let them fall away gently and lovingly remove myself from this relationship and spend more time around the people who see me and who are able to show up for me. And so 
it is a practice, but it starts with getting really clear on on what you value and and what you need out of certain situations, rather than just being angry that thing things aren't lining up for you all the time. And as I like to say, you know, it's easy to love people who are being loving. The challenge is to be loving to people who aren't being so loving. That doesn't mean you stay in a relationship with them. That doesn't mean you have lunch with them. That just means that you get to decide who you want to be in that relationship if you want that relationship at all. Mm, that sounds amazing. And it sounds like you're talking about setting up boundaries, you know, healthy boundaries. And and those are always good to have. I've learned that over time, healthy boundaries with myself, you know, coming, you know, from 25 plus years of, you know, using drugs, doesn't matter what I used, regardless, I overcame that, but I had to set up healthy boundaries of who I should hang out with. And it was even going to the point of changing my phone number after 20 plus years of my cell phone, having the same number, I had to change that number. I had, uh, you know, it started from scratch again, like I was a little child, basically, but I, I had to do what I had to do to, I gave my bank card to my partner for the longest time too, you know, because I had, me and money didn't get along too well. Mm. But how great that you had that awareness and then took the inspired action steps to really honor yourself and, and who you wanted to be, not just who you say you are, but who you wanted to be and, and what's important to you. And I think boundaries are so hard for us. At least for me, it's been hard to set with people because even from childhood, when I would try to set them, I was met with a lot of resistance. And I think we have to get more comfortable disappointing people, letting people down they might may not like us, but if I've learned anything from this past year is that my well-being has to come first, not because it's cute to post about on Instagram, not because it's cool or luxurious, but because I'm not willing to go to a dark place to put somebody else's feeling or well-being before my own. Certainly, I care about other people. I'm very kind and loving, but I'm not willing to be at the effect of somebody else's bad behavior. I'm not willing to sacrifice myself and my mental health so that you like me or you're not upset with me because I'm not available to you all the time. And I like that you say that, you know, just putting yourself first. For someone that has troubles putting themselves first that's listening today, what would be a piece of advice you could give them? Like that people, I guess you like, I like how you put it, showing resistance and stuff like that. How, how do you approach that though for someone that has trouble doing that? I think you practice it. And even when I work with clients who, they are highly successful doing very well at work, but they struggle with having these uncomfortable conversations or setting boundaries with vendors, you know, the people that they work for. And it's just like, so what I do with them, and I even do this with friends too, I do a little role playing. It's fun. It helps. It feels really safe. So choose someone you're super comfortable with. And let's say you need to tell your boss that you're quitting the job, or you need to tell your mom that you're no longer willing to be in these screaming matches with her over whatever. I mean, pick your, pick your issue and then sit down with a friend or a therapist or a coach and have that conversation and say, so let's say I have, I need to talk to my boss. So let's say I'll call you up and I pretend that you're my boss and I'll just say everything to you that I want to say to my boss, because you don't care. You're not my boss. There's you, you know, it's just, it's comfortable. And I think even when you get that practice in your body of doing it, when it comes to, this is even what athletes do, when it comes to the big race, you're confident, you can be in the moment because you've practiced it so long. So same with uncomfortable conversations or setting boundaries, practice it. Even if you're home, I know it might sound funny, even if you're home by yourself, 
practice saying, you know, okay, when Chris calls, I'm going to say, you know what, Chris, I know we usually meet every Friday at 9am. But the truth is, this isn't working for me anymore. It's causing stress for these, these reasons. I'm only going to be able to meet at 2pm now on Friday, if that doesn't work for you. Um, you know, maybe we can just communicate by email, or I'd love to set up a time that works for both of us. Again, I'm making up a random scenario, but role play with someone and have fun with it. So then when it comes time to do that, even if the person doesn't like it or meets you with resistance, you're, you're, see, even right now as I'm smiling and you're more in, in the flow and having fun with it rather than it's like, oh my God, this is so stressful. <laughs> no, and, I, and, I, and I totally and agree. Okay, Role okay playing with, is huge. Yeah. And be okay with, with being rejected and be okay. Get, start getting more comfortable with, I mean, I am a rejection queen. I've been rejected so many times by so many people in so many different situations whatever. But I, I, I've gone down a, a different path that's, you know, meant for me and I've learned so much. So I think being okay with letting people down. And again, it is a practice, but you have to put yourself out there and get comfortable at it. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, it's okay. I, I, I love that you say that though, like being okay with saying no for the longest time, you know, and I'm working at it still, I was a people pleaser. So I like to, you know, talk about my own experience too, because I had a trouble saying no, whether it was let's go to party, let's go do this, let's do whatever on the weekend. But, you know, and, and I do it when my kids were with me on the weekends, I had to have my kids. Well, now I say no, and I've got so comfortable saying no, I got my kids. And that's the simple answer. And if there shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to have another response. They should be fine with that. And if they're not, that's fine. I just don't answer. Well, why not? Why not? You can get a bait. No, that time with my kids is important to me today. Yeah. And I, I put a post on Instagram last year. I, it, it said, um, you don't have to explain, defend, justify, engage, or even respond. And people went nuts for that because I think, what do we normally do? We explain, we defend, we justify, we engage, and we feel like we need to respond immediately. No, 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 we don't. That's, and I think that's our default setting. So again, it's creating that new default setting that is non-reactive, that is still, that does take a pause before we respond, if we respond at all. But I think it's so important to remember that you don't have to be the sacrificial lamb here to please or appease other people. And when you start setting these boundaries and holding these standards, people won't even put you in the position to even ask or to even expect that of you. They'll just know like, Oh, Chris is unavailable on Saturdays. He's with his kids. If I want to see him, I got a plan for another day. They're not going to guilt trip you. So, and that's because you very kindly, but and lovingly, but also very firmly stated your non-negotiables. Yeah, and and it's it. I have to stick to those boundaries today because if I don't, I won't have my kids in my life because it, it was, I was at a point that I didn't see them for quite some time because of my own actions. But today I don't want, I value those times with them or with my family or with my partner, you know, and time management's key. And that's another, another thing that, you know, we all need to work on too, because you, you got to time manage properly. You know, when I first started this podcast, for instance, to give an example, I was all over the map, scatterbrained and stuff like that. But now I got it down to a T it's Wednesdays only. That's the only day of the week I do podcasts, get everything done. I need to get done. <laughs> for my every episode is on Wednesdays because it frees up your whole week and you're not picking little pieces here and there. You just dedicate one time slot. You know what I mean? For anything really. 
Yeah, it just it just feels better. And then that becomes the practice. And even this week, because I am traveling and I am out of town and, you know, just even getting introduced to new colleagues or contacts or potential clients or new friends or collaborators. And it, it has been challenging, but I'll even say I'm like, okay, well, technically I am free from 2 to 4 p.m. on Friday. And I'm just like, listen, you're like, enjoy yourself. You can talk to these people next week. It's a holiday weekend. And and what do I say to people? I say, hey, actually this week's packed. How about next week at two o'clock on Tuesday or whatever? And people are like, yeah, great. And I just, there's something, I mean, again, it's hard because I like to be, I was, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I like to be available to everyone at all the times. There's that FOMO of like, I don't want to miss out on this opportunity, or I want to connect with this person, or I got to do it now before I forget, get in your calendar. And it, ugh, it just, it sounds exhausting even saying it out loud. Again, you sound like the frantic hamster on the wheel and just <laughs> be, you have to start for me. I, my biggest challenge is now, cause I've just, there's been so much going on is carving out that time and put it in your calendar. That's what I recommend for people, you know, put it in there along with all those other zoom meetings you don't want to be in. And it's just like from four to five, I'm going on a walk in nature from six to six twenty, I'm doing my sit and stare time and and relaxing with all everything turned off, distraction free. From two to five on Fridays, I'm I'm not working. I'm that taking that time. I'm not going to put anything on my calendar. It's just that free space and whatever happens, great. I think we just all need to block off more time. And even with clients I've worked with, when I say what would make you know they're so stressed out, what would make your life better, easier? I'm waiting for this elaborate response like. I want to chateau in Lake Como and go yachting with George Clooney. No, nobody wants that. People, people give me answers like, I'd like to go on a walk without having to answer my emails. I'd like to do yoga for 30 minutes. I'd like to go swimming with my kids for an hour. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these are the things we're struggling to set time aside for. I mean, it's, it's insane, but we're all guilty of this. Uh, so many people are guilty, like myself included. Sounds like you as well. Like everyone in the world is guilty of that. And <clears throat> you just got to learn to set that time aside. And I think like I heard a friend, a guy that helps me with the podcast, Tyson, he said to me last week, he's like, from now on him and his partner, they actually bought a timed box or a lot like a lock box that's timed They're Him and his partner's phones going at Friday at five o'clock when work's done until monday morning at 7 a.m and it's locked till that time and they, they bought this but they, they're going to start that this weekend I, I think it's a great idea unfortunately i i i work saturdays and i'm in sales it'd be a little harder but it's something I, i'd like to suggest even once in a while when we don't have the kids at my house on our house on the weekends i think it'd be a great idea what do you think kate um so genius. And even it's funny you mentioned that on, on Monday and I, w I was traveling and it was my, I mean, I was traveling and I had uh, some emails and stuff to do, but technically a day off. Um, and it, it of course didn't happen like that, that all this stuff came in and I actually got like an upsetting phone call an upsetting email, just fires I had to put out. And I just, all I could think was, and I was up all night the night before, and all I could think was like, this is supposed to be my day off. And I remember just and my, my mom, of all people, had to say to me, she said, turn your phone off. And I said, yeah, I had it on silent. She said, no, off. Because I had it on silent for 20 minutes to take a nap. And then I looked at it and it was blown up with all these fires. And so then you can't help but be the firefighter and put them out. And so turn it off. And then I think what happens then is all the people coming to you, 
it allows, give them the opportunity to work it out behind the scenes without you. Let them rise up and figure it out. And also, why do we think, unless it is, you know, your spouse is in the hospital, or I get it, if you're a parent, it's a little challenging because there might be an emergency, but why are we treating a work call like a 911 situation? And, and this is something, as I say out loud, this is something for all of us to examine. I know we all have responsibilities, but at, at what is the cost here? For me, my mental health took a hit the other day. And I had to consciously unplug and, and then do some of my full spirit workout exercises to kind of come back to ground and center and and really shift out of that because I'm not willing to give away my good that my good mood for free. As I say, when you see the anger train coming, don't get on board. I think we give away our good moods for free. And and it's it's crap. Enough. <laughs> I'm talking to myself, but maybe someone else needs to hear this. No, I, I like that you say that. Like it, like you know, we all give too much, but we don't give to ourselves is basically what you're saying there. Like, and don't give away your, you know, anger, your good emotions for free. Why at someone else's expense? No. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, this is a good opportunity to start really getting clear and to start putting our well-being and, and our priorities first and um, setting some, some loving boundaries, starting with ourselves. I like that you say that boundaries are huge and, you know, they've been a huge part of my year and I just keep setting them, you know, as the days go on, whether it's with work or, you know, at home or with family members, I've had to set boundaries with family members too. And that's okay. And I'm okay with that now today. I'm okay in my own skin to say, Hey, you know, I'm not going to talk to you for a while or I'm not going to accept the way you talk to me. Yeah. I hate whatever, whatever works best for you, you know, best. <laughs> exactly. So what are, you know, take us back. So before you even, you know, were an on air host or, a, you know, a TV host and stuff like that and on air and an author, you were a competitive swimmer for 17 years. Deep dive into that because I read a little bit about your background and your whole family with, was athletic, not just you. Yeah. So I, I think the good thing about being in sport is that it keeps you really disciplined and dedicated. And it is a, a cause greater than you. Your, your work, even if it's an individual sport, a lot of times you're part of a team and you learn how to be a really great teammate and to compete and to train and to be dedicated to a cause greater than yourself, if you will. And I think it's not just about winning the championships. I think for me, a shining moment in my swimming career, I, I didn't win. I think I got fifth or sixth place, but the, the success there was that it was my, my last race of my high school career. It was at the state meet and my swim coach had died very suddenly and unexpectedly in his sleep a few months prior. And it was devastating. He was like a father to me. I trained with him for years. He was, he was my, my world. I spent all of my time at the pool with him. And, um, that last moment in that last race, it was, I think the first time in my whole career, there was no, sometimes ner nervous energy is okay, but there was no anxiety. There was no stress. I was so in the moment. I dedicated this, this race and my season to him. And I just thought you have practiced and trained for this your whole life. You, you know, just enjoy it. And, and I did. And that was the race, it was a 500 free, which is 20 laps. It's one of the most challenging races you can do. It's essentially like a five minute sprint. Um, but I was just so at peace and just really doing what swimming is meant to be, which is fun and, um, 
anyway, I, I'm, I just got lost in the moment. I'm at that state meet right now. And I'm just kind of, I went off into this, this state of bliss, but I think sometimes we put all the pressure on having to be the, the best or the most likes or comments or follows and we get lost in why we're even doing it in the first place. And I think going back to our intention, why are we even doing this? That's a, a question I ask my clients all the time is, is about purpose. And why is this important to you? I think we, we get trapped in these, these goals or these lives that we don't even want because, and we, we haven't even considered, why do I even want to do this? Why is this important to me? So like this book and like that race, it's about, it was dedicating it to people who are no longer with me. It was keeping their spirit alive. It was celebrating life and Hey, I just get to be here. Let's go for it. Let's do it. And let's have some fun. That, that's why fun, I'm so happy. Fun is in my subtitle. And that's why people are like, wow, I can't put your book down. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to make it fun, easy read that people turn to again and again. A man last week said, this is a life resource book. You just turn to again and again. And I said, yeah, and I do too. Just because I wrote it doesn't mean I, I don't need to do these exercises anymore. It is like training. It is like physical exercise. You don't get a six pack and then say, great, never have to go to the gym again. And I wouldn't know. I've never had a six pack, but I imagine that if you got a six pack, you're training harder than anyone to maintain that. I mean, hello. So I, I, we, we have to keep practicing. You have to keep putting in the work. Everyone knows this, but I think we fall short because it's like, oh, I don't feel like it today. And so on those days, do it for someone else. Do it for your family, your community, or a cause or an organization greater than you. And that will keep you going because this book pushed me to my limits. My swimming career pushed me past my limits, but I had a really strong why and purpose. And that's what kept me going even on the days it was really hard and I didn't feel like it. And so how far did your swimming career take you? Did you end at high school or did no, you so take I, it further? I, I swam all through college at Penn State. I had an athletic scholarship. Of course, my dream, like any athlete, was to make the Olympics. And I, I didn't. And and that's okay. And, you know, I think that's something that I've really had to overcome with not just my swimming career, but so many things. Because people are like, oh, wow, you were this elite athlete. Oh, you did these things. And for me, I would have a hard time even embracing that because I'm like, well, I didn't make the Olympics. I'm not a, you know, I'm not Michael Phelps or, okay. Yeah. I was, I was third in my class at, at school. I wasn't first in my class. I mean, just obnoxious things. And I think we do that to ourselves, right? Where it's, we reach a certain level of success, but because we weren't the champion every time, or we weren't summa cum laude or magna cum laude, then it's, we look at ourselves as not good enough. And I think that's something everyone has to overcome over under every limiting belief is that fear or that worry or thinking that we aren't good enough. And that's just a lie. We're good enough because we are. And, and being okay with sixth place, you were sixth place in the state. That's phenomenal. Being okay. You graduated. Great job. And if, if you don't feel good about it, you're like, well, I slacked off. I only had a 2.5. I could have had a 3.5 GPA. Then you know what? Put in the 3.5 effort at your job. Put in the 3.5 effort or 4.0 effort at your next thing and, and learn from it rather than this constant barrage and beating ourselves up. Just let's be a little nicer. I think we get so offended when people are not nice to us. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we are often not very nice to ourselves. Yeah, it starts with you. It's usually the person you're looking at in the mirror that's not nice to you which is the one that's looking back at you. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think your unique skills are that has helped you become successful, Kate? 
I think I have a very, uh, my swim coach said this to me, he said, you have an infectious enthusiasm. I think my energy and enthusiasm is my special sauce. I think my love for connecting deeply with others and, and my ability to compliment others and see them and hear them and acknowledge them and believe in them is is something that keeps me going. I, I don't want to just do well. I want the people around me to do well. I want everyone that I interact with to feel better because I was in their day. I want I want everyone to win. And and that's how I, I lead my life and, and I let my enthusiasm and my energy carry me. And I invite everyone to really get clear on what their gifts are, their unique gifts, what their strengths are, and lead with those so that the things you're like, oh, well, I'm not very good at that. Who cares? Oh, well, use your strengths to hire someone who's good at that to do like accounting. I don't want to do accounting. I I work really hard at the things I'm good at and I pay for the accountants. I I don't, could I figure it out on my own? Yeah, I don't want to. (laughs) So, you know, we waste a lot of time being dry. And then what do we do in that? It's like, oh, I suck at this. I'm not good at this. Oh, no, spend that time. Although I will invite you to explore things that aren't your strengths. For me, it's dance class. I write about this in the book where my dance, my dance instructor says to me, let's start with failure. And I'm like, failure in dance class, I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Have fun with it. You know, that, that for me is the ultimate rebellion against my inner perfectionist. Like I'm never going to be a great dancer. So that's not the point. Be willing to show up. As I say, dare to suck, be willing to show up and not be great first or ever and just and just have fun with it. And I love that you say that though. Like find like find your strengths and you know, my strengths talking to people. Like I outsourced some things for the podcast and for, you know, my partner found a bookkeeper. So we just use the same bookkeeper together now too and stuff like that with our taxes or whatnot. It, those aren't our strengths. So we'll let someone else and pay someone else a few hundred dollars or whatever it is to do it. It it, it makes life a lot simpler than having this stress or this big black cloud over your head because you have no clue what's going on and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. just find your strengths though and and try and work at the other ones that you're not so good at because you know, you are everyone's teachable. Yeah, and there's a great assessment. You can go online. It's the values in action assessment. It's um, by Martin Seligman, who is the founder of Positive Psychology. So it's VIA. If you Google the VIA Strengths Assessment, and they'll list them, the, t- the 24 different characteristics. And and then you can also learn about the shadow sides of your strengths. And I write it all about this in the book because when, when we're dwelling in that place, then we, we feel better. We do better work. We empower the people around us rather than disempower them. And it, it feels good. And explore it. It's so good to be on this journey of self-discovery because then you actually like yourself even when you mess up. Or you're like, ooh, you could have done better there. Or like, wow, you're really judging that person. I thought you were, you know, past that. But just having grace with yourself and 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 being aware of it, and then getting clear and asking yourself the questions. That's why in each in each step, I I end with the Coach Kate check in and the affirmation. And I'm asking you really gritty but heartfelt questions. So you're getting underneath the hood of the car. And, and doing some really powerful and transformative work and then finishing it off with that affirmation to, to ground the lesson into your body. You know, things are just knowledge when they live in our head. We have to move it down into our body where it becomes wisdom. It's like driving a car. That's wisdom in our body. We, we don't have to think about it. We don't get in and say, okay, now I have to put my foot on the brake, 
No, you just get in and drive. Everyone knows that. So that's what I'm talking about here, where you can get in and drive with the difficult conversations, get in and drive with um, caring for yourself and making your well-being a priority, get in and drive when it comes to judgment and comparison and all of those, as I say, emotional gravity that weighs us down. And that's what this book is combating against, because sadly, None of that crap is going anywhere. So we have to learn the calm and, and serenity and, and confidence on the inside. Very well said. Very well said, Kate. Thank you so much, uh, you know, for sharing your insights today. But one last question before we go, where can people find you and where can they buy that book of yours? Because it sounds Yay! amazing. Yes, I'm so excited for you to read it too. So I'm at kateekman.tv, E-C-K-M-A-N is Ekman, kateekman.tv. And you can go to the fullspiritworkout.com to read all about the book and give you all different options of where you want to buy it, whether it's online or in bookstores. And yeah, I'd love to connect with you online. We have a really supportive, beautiful community that that really is about collaboration, not about competition. And I'm Kate Ekman all over on social. So you and I are connected there. I'm happy to connect with everyone there. And it's just really a place to support one another. And it's good to have energizing and uplifting places on the internet where we can all gather. I appreciate that. But before we go, I always have one this question for everyone. What are three things you do for yourself on a daily basis that helps keep your mental health in check? Mm, great question. I definitely do my minimum five minutes a day of sit and stare. That's just what it says. Sitting and staring out the window, straight ahead, quiet, distraction-free, really checking in with myself. Meditation, I do 20 minutes ideally twice a day. doesn't always happen, but I am a student of transcendental meditation. I make sure that I connect socially, even if it's online like this with at least one person, ideally more, at least one person a day, ask them how they're doing, have a genuine connection. And I also take time to move my body. My favorite thing to do is go for walks in nature. Um, there's even studies that show that that really uplifts and energizes us. And it is exceptionally good for our well-being and really moves the needle on our well-being. And I think just any time, that's already three, but I think any time that we can just see and hear and acknowledge ourselves, whatever that means to anyone listening right now, please make it a point and a practice to see yourself, to hear yourself, and to acknowledge yourself. And I promise you, you will start attracting, attracting more people who are able to give you that precious gift rather than the people who aren't willing or able to give it to you and, and, and make sure you offer that genuinely to others as well. I love that. And I love that you say it connects socially. That was, that's my favorite one. I try to do the same thing, at least to two or three people. And I find it even more personable when you send like a voice note or a little video, you know, some people, you never know what someone's going through at the end of the day or when, when they see that message that may have uplifted them and brought them out of a dark spot. So it's nice just to connect with two or three. Sometimes it's the same people. Sometimes it's not. I try and pick different people every day though. Yeah, absolutely. And and you'll see your, your well-being needle will move, you know, towards the positive. And I'll just leave you with this too. A study I did, all of those things we think are going to make us happy and increase our well-being, all the shiny objects, research, and my own life says, it doesn't. You're happy for 15 or 20 minutes when you get the thing, but then it's on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and we become insatiable. But sleep, 
exercise, social connection, time affluence, acts of kindness, acts of service, proven, and I've proven this in my own life too, you are getting a major well-being boost by doing any of those activities. So they don't cost a penny either, right? That's the best part. And 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 you're also helping others with many. I mean, even if you're like, well, how is my sleep or my exercise helping others? I'm like, well, you're a lot nicer and happier. So you're, you are affecting other people in a positive way. So try it out a little bit more, make it a priority, schedule it into your, your calendar and, and let me know how it goes. Thanks again, Kate, you know, and guys go get her book, guys and gals, sorry. Go head over to, you know, Kate Ekman's website. She did mention a little earlier and I'll put it in the show notes as well, but go over, head out and pick up that new book of hers and bring that spirituality back into your life. Thanks again for coming on the show today, Kate. Thanks for having me, Chris. It was a pleasure. I hope you got that full body workout today through this episode, you know, talking about meditation, love, compassion, just being nice and kind to others. That's what this show is all about. Sharing everyone's story. Doesn't matter what walk of life you come from. Go head over to the Apple podcast. Give me that five-star review. Anchor FM. You can leave me a voice message. I love hearing feedback, everyone. You know, next week's episode, I got a former musician on the show, guys. And he's the creator of Fuck Fear. Emmanuel Svachinsky. You will not want to miss this one, guys. Strap yourself in and wait for the next one. Hope you have a great rest of your day.